Yes, I think for many of us, France and wine are almost synonymous. You picture a lunch table in France and of course wine is there, it's just part of life. Well, maybe not so much these days. Habits are changing in France and the consumption of wine has fallen by the wayside, leaving producers with a 3 million hectolitre oversupply this year. The solution to this problem is a government-funded 200 million euro program to destroy excess stock and to support producers to diversify away from reliance on viticulture. To tell us more, I'm joined by Dr. Stephen Charters from the University of Burgundy's Business School. He's also the coordinating editor of the Routledge Handbook of Wine and Culture, and he's Australian. Stephen, welcome to Saturday Extra. Uh, Thanks a lot, Geraldine, and thanks for the invitation. How has France ended up with so much excess wine? I mean, what are the ingredients that have caused this crisis? Okay, as with most historical events or things that occur, there are both long-term and there are short-term causes. Uh, If you go back about 60 years, average per capita consumption in France was about 120 litres per adult per year. So that's a couple of glasses every day, on average, Mm. for people. That's huge. And from 1970, that's been coming down. So this is not an instant problem. It's something that's been developing in France and across Europe for quite a long time. Now, the interesting question, uh, as you say, is why is this happening? Um, Partly it's because uh, a lot of the wine that's being produced 60 years ago was not actually that good. I think if you or I were drinking it today, we'd probably spit it out in disgust. Um, Very thin and tasteless. Um, There's Other long-term cultural changes, the desire to live a healthier lifestyle, the fact that in France, having wine at lunchtime is no longer de rigueur, Um, it's it's not automatic. So these things over the long term have had a big impact. Um, Drink driving laws were strengthened here around about 20 years ago because of a major problem with road deaths caused by alcoholism. So All of these things have been coming together. And I might Um, add, the statistics are interesting, and I think people will be stunned, I certainly was, um, that uh, from the European Commission, the data showing 7% fall uh, in Italy, 10% in Spain, 15% in France, 22% in Germany, 34% in Portugal. And that's, that's just in the last couple of years. Okay, so it's continuing to go down, go down quite dramatically. What I ought to say about this particular issue uh, that has come up, this 200 million that's being used to distill wine, is it actually only applies to two French wine regions at the minute, Bordeaux and Languedoc. So there's a, a French wine problem, but the instant issue is in two large red wine producing regions. Now, if I go back to the sort of shorter term issues that have caused this problem, particularly for those regions, they're the, the two largest wine producing regions in France, effectively. They make red wine. And the last 15 years have seen a huge shift from red to rosé wine. Pink wine is really big mm-hmm. in France. Mm-hmm. And also a general shift globally, which includes the exports of French wine, towards sparkling wine. So these two regions have not been well placed. Bubbles. Now, I'm just going to stop you there and ask you, um, why does it have to be destroyed, uh, the wine? Couldn't it just be sold really cheaply? 
But who would buy it? No one, there's not a demand for really cheap red wine anymore. And it's not actually destroyed. What happens is they distill surplus into ethanol for industrial uses. It goes into perfumes, it goes into gels. It's even been used to power cars in some countries in the world that uh, that, uh, fuels on ethanol. So it's not wasted, but it's a complete shift in the culture of what uh, wine producers are doing in some parts of France and indeed other parts of Europe. And maybe you could just contextualise for us the role of wine in French gastronomic culture. As I said, it feels like a heresy to be hearing all this. But obviously Uh things have been changing and a lot of us haven't noticed down here. Symbolically, wine is still really significant in France. The the typical, if you like, the defining gastronomic feature of French culture is the Sunday lunchtime meal when the whole family, generations, get together, they will have a long meal and wine is part of it. And that still happens. But the wine every evening with your food and a glass or two at lunchtime, that's completely disappeared. Young people especially don't want that. So you asked me to contextualise this. Partly it is older people saying, yes, I like wine, but I'm going to be a lot more careful. I want to drink less but better. I want to have it less often, but good wine. That's a worldwide phenomenon. Mm. But young people in France look at wine, and for them, it is the drink of their parents and grandparents. That's not very sexy for them. So they have been shifting much of their consumption to vodka, other spirits, premixed drinks. And for the, the, very, the most recent young generation, Generation Z, there's actually a move away from wine consumption, alcohol consumption altogether. So there's there's this change that's going on culturally that's really quite significant. Indeed. And another very interesting change is the number of active brewers in France, I read. They've grown from 322 in 2009 to 2,500 in 2021. That's data. That That's, you know, craft breweries. Is, am I reading that correctly? Absolutely. It's it's really popular just where I live in Burgundy. There have been many that have appeared in the last five or seven years. Um, and again, that's feeding into this idea that wine is for old, boring people. But hey, a nice craft beer. And it's similar again to what's happened in Australia, where when I was living in Australia 15 years ago, the, the two main producers dominated with about 98, 99% of the market. And that has been similar in France. But what people want is something different, trendy, new, special. And am I sort of able to infer that COVID really had a big impact on all of this? COVID is a really significant recent cause of the decline. And we monitor uh, drinks consumption quite a lot during COVID. And at times it was going up, at times it went down. But probably in the post-COVID washout, people have been looking very carefully at their alcohol consumption in the light of potential future health problems. Um, There's also the fact that economies have really been suffering a lot over the year and a half means that in many countries where France has markets, um, discretionary spending on wine uh, and alcohol has been going down. That also has an impact cost of living. Okay. Now, what about the support that is being proposed for the wine producers? Um, 
what are they being asked to diversify into? Well, this process of diversification has been going on for a long time. And if you look, say, at the Languedoc, which is the huge region, which is one of the two regions which has got this funding, um, they have been pushed into all kinds of things. They've been they've been asked to move away from fertile valleys where they get lots of wine produced and go up into hillsides where they make less wine, but it's often better quality. But they're being pushed into things like sunflowers. Um, asparagus, perhaps, uh, other fruit. Often, though, you just see land lying fallow. You see vineyards that are becoming overgrown. Because one of the things the European Union has been doing is give producers in the Mediterranean part of Europe subsidies just not to pick grapes. And so land just goes out of use. It's a form of rewilding, you could say. Yes, I mean, are there flow-on effects in the in the regions concerned? Are other industries suffering as a result of their dependence on viticulture? Well, yes, there there are um, flow-on effects. Obviously, there's a whole series of support industries which count, but there's also tourism industries. In somewhere like Bordeaux, tourism, on the back of its reputation of its wine, is a major thing. If you start to produce less wine, you may hit problems with tourism as well. And is this a big talking point in France? I mean, France is culturally a very conservative country in many ways with their rituals and habits faithfully observed. I mean, this is really an extraordinary change you're describing. Are people distressed and upset about it? The people who are most distressed about it actually are wine producers because um, they have a tradition of making not just an alcoholic drink that people enjoy, but they are making something that's that's part of what the French would call their patrimoine. It's a lovely word, and it had sort of connotations of heritage. And one of the reasons why traditionally French wine producers are very outspoken when there is a downturn in the market, where they suffer problems with international competition, is because they are that they think almost unconsciously, we make an icon of France. It's not just that we're selling a drink, but this is what it means to be French, is to drink our wine. And therefore, we need government support. We need to be recognised, not just for our business, for what happens in our regions, but for what we say about France itself. I'm wondering, therefore, you alluded to it earlier about export numbers for French wine. I mean, are we getting less French wine here in Australia, um, particularly maybe at that lower level that you described? Is that, uh, you know, uh, one of the consequences of this or not? I, I think it's still coming in, but Australians are very sophisticated wine consumers and they, they don't want to drink bad wine particularly. So they're not going to be getting the surplus wine that's now going to go to distillation, really. The other thing about uh, the, the imported market in Australia is that it's been dominated in the last few years by sparkling wine. So a lot of sparkling wine coming into Australia. But there's also a lot of competition now in Australia from places like uh, Spain and Italy. So, and that, so the diversification of imported wine for Australians, it no longer just means, oh, let's have a French wine. Mm. Uh, given that we've had a bit of a focus on China in the last uh, few weeks here on uh, Saturday Extra, I wonder about the 
impact on the French efforts to expand into China because, as you probably know, Australian wine has done very well changing um, the Chinese palate. And um, <laughs> there's been up, you know, yeah. there's been a bit up and down about that. But were the French big in China? It, yes. And this, again, is, is one of the problems for Bordeaux, is that for 15 years, red wine in China meant Bordeaux. That's what the Chinese wanted. Within French wine in China, that's ch- shifted over the last seven years from Bordeaux to my own region, Burgundy, which has become much more important in China. So, yes, France has done well in China. And in fact, since the tariffs imposed by China on Australia, the French uh, the supply of wine to China has gone up a little, although not as much as the Chilean supply. I'm sure you've, you're aware over the last few months about the fact that China might be easing its policies on tariffs on Australian wine in China. And I know that many Australians... I mean, obviously, if you're an Australian wine producer, you want this to happen. A major market's been lost. Two billion um, euros of of exports to China lost in in 2022. But I think the Australian wine industry needs to be a bit cautious about this. It's not, as everyone has been saying for years, that the Chinese explosion of interest in wine is going to save the Australian wine industry or the French wine industry or any other wine industry. There is an excellent wine economist at the University of uh, Adelaide, Kim Anderson, who produced a very interesting paper early this year. And in it, Kim said that he noted that Chinese wine consumption has been going down since 2017. And COVID has accelerated that. So China is not going to be the saviour for the Australian wine industry, even if they can get back in there. They've lost ground to Chile and France, which they've got to make up. Um, But the Chinese themselves are having second thoughts about how much wine they're consuming. Mm -hmm. So I think the Australian wine industry needs to be slightly careful about this. Um, They're not suddenly going to find that the the share of throat that they've had in China in the past is going to return just like that. Very interesting. Stephen Charters, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Thanks for it, uh, Geraldine. And Stephen's from the University of Burgundy's Business School. He's also the coordinating editor of the Routledge Handbook of Wine and Culture, and he's from the University of Adelaide, where he is adjunct professor as well. Talking of wine going down the drain, early in this week we noticed two storage containers burst at a distillery in Portugal, and it flooded the local town with 2.2 million litres of red wine, which would have filled 3 million bottles. That's for the texter who said, don't talk about hectolitres, which she looked up and and it's uh, 100 litres. She said, talk in, in measurements that we're used to. So there we are. That might help. And um, we did hear an interesting... I was in... Texas says, I was in France earlier this year and found Bundaberg ginger beer, non-alcoholic, widely available. The move away from alcohol might offer opportunities for Australia. We didn't actually discuss that. Um, the unaffordability of housing may also cause young people to change their lifestyle, to cut costs and choose to drink less. Alcohol is not a need, says another uh, texter. And um, a very some very nice feedback on the uh, China discussion too. 
Uh, hi, Gerald, and your guest speaking about China gave me the most comprehensive commentary on China I have ever heard. That's from Anne. Look, thank you very much. I, th- I must say I did think it was a very good overview too. Some of you didn't necessarily think that, but um, there's been some very nice compliments, which I appreciate. Think bigger about the world we live in. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.